0: Larry C. Mars coming to you live from Fishbowl Radio Network for the Larry C. Mars Show for the power of prayer as a relationship builder between you and God. What such an awesome time we're going to have in helping us sustain and support and strengthen ourselves through the power of prayer. It is awesome. So we're gonna today we're gonna talk about spiritual warfare, prayer, spiritual warfare. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. You are so, so awesome. I'm asking you, Heavenly Father, to strengthen all of our hearts as we go through your words, your scriptures, allow the power of the Holy Spirit to illuminate them, set them on fire in our spirits, God, that we know, that we know, that we know that every word of God is already settled in heaven, and it's up to us to apply it every single day to our lives. In Jesus name. Amen. Again, I say blessings to everyone. Um, Again, we're going to deal a little bit about spiritual warfare and the power of prayer. Now, as we go through this, remember, I always say this, make sure you have your pencil, your paper, and your word. I want you to be able, as we go through scriptures, jot down notes, okay, so that you can know the word for yourself, go back and study the word. Again, I urge you, I encourage you, whoever is teaching the word of God, you must have pencil and paper and your word right there. So again, so that you can have the knowledge, the wisdom, and understanding that the power of the Holy Spirit gives you in the word. You have to be a student of the word. It is so important. So many times we 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 hear a, uh, uh or we hear preaching coming to us so emotional that they only use maybe one or two pieces of scripture, but then you have to understand that one or two pieces of scripture you have to be able to look above and below the scripture so you can get the whole context, the whole life of scripture because the life of scripture is the life of Jesus Christ. we all need the life of Jesus Christ. Living inside of us every day, every day. <clears throat> so as we work on this thing, as we deal with spiritual warfare, you know it is it is so important that we know what it entails. Okay. So when we're looking at this, I, I'm gonna come. I wrote something, and so I'm gonna share this with you. <clears throat> you know, in spiritual warfare, who are you letting control you? what controls your thought process now you have to understand there's a spiritual side and there's a natural side we all you need to know this it's important the spiritual side is jesus as lord jesus is a savior our redeemer our reconciler he's the king of king lord of lords he is the i am this is the foundation of the church which is jesus christ this is the spiritual side. And then <clears throat> I want you to jot this down. Isaiah chapter six. Isaiah chapter six, verses six and seven. And I'm gonna read to you of the amplify. This is where the foundation, this is the spiritual side of our life as a believer. Verse six, for to us a child shall be born. To us a son shall be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7, there shall be no end to the increase of his government and of peace. He shall rule on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time forward. And forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts has accomplished this here. We're talking about spiritual. Okay. Jesus Christ, the foundation of the church, the foundation of our salvation, the foundation of our life. That's the spiritual side. Okay. Now you have a natural side, <clears throat> and the natural side consists of things that divide us, okay? At first, maybe they had a, a, a prominent point, but now as you see, it's full of division, full of sin. Let's look at the natural side of things, where the spiritual warfare comes. You know, we have so different things. You have a conservative. A liberal, white wing, left wing, independent, evangelical, fraternities, sororities, Masons, Eastern Star. You have the Republicans, Democrat, Independent, various denominations, various cultural views, etc. These represent divisions, which is a derivative of sin. And we have carried this into the body of Christ. We have carried it in the church you see so many churches now you know i i don't know what a conservative christian is i don't know what a liberal christian is i don't know what evangelical all this stuff is it continues to divide us and it causes the spiritual warfare that causes the division so we have to educate ourselves okay the first foundation that we should be solidly working in is Jesus Christ. Okay. And everything else is sep- It divides us. It separates us. You know, you look at now is, you know, you're, you're, you one church is Democrat, one church is Republican. You know, we, we take all of this stuff outside and we bring it in the church. Then we wonder why we have no power, no sustainability. Is because we have taken sin in or these divisions or these distractions inside, and we have no voice, we have nothing. So, I want you to really understand what I'm saying. And, and true, I understand I'm getting ready to get all this pushback, but read your word, understand the word of God. Romans 6, verses 13 to 18. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Verse 15, what then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Know ye not that whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom ye obey, whether sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God thanked that ye were the servants of sin. It says here, you were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Understand something. We were servants of sin because of Jesus Christ we are now servants of righteousness so you have to know this this is why it is so important that you know your word that you study the word because sin has so many facets to it okay that will derail you distract you but it is the grace and the power of your salvation of Jesus Christ that has delivered you from that and so you by the power of the Holy Spirit, can begin to know the difference, to know, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and know the difference between grace and sin. Okay, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? See, this is important, okay? Because a lot of times we have compromised this so that we can get what we want. Compromise is sin, sin causes destruction. Jesus said this the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So when we begin to compromise, we're allowing him to come in to kill, steal, and destroy, but we have to understand on the spiritual side, Jesus Christ has come, and he has given us that eternal life, and we have it more abundantly. We have the grace, the love, the joy, the power inside of us that works inside of you and I so that we not only are victorious, but we continue to be victorious in every facet of our life. Now, it says here, verse 15, and what concord have Christ with Bilal, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? 16, and what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. See, Jesus Christ made it so that God is now inside of our hearts. He dwells. We belong to God. We are his sheep, the sheep of his pasture now, okay? So that means we have power and authority straight from God, to destroy the sin that so easily beset us. We don't have to go back to that anymore. We now move forward because of grace, mercy, love. But it's going to take our, our, again, studying the word and our obedience. Obedience is a key factor. Verse 17, wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not these unclean things, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Almighty Lord. See, if we obey because He tells us when He tells us to come out, he, he means we have to be separated from those things that causes us to sin or causes us to be distracted, or causes us anything that brings a, a, a wall of division between us and Jesus Christ. OK, we have to acknowledge that we have to know that it is important. This is why you study the word. John 3, 30 and 31. Now This is key. OK, John 3, 30, 31. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. He's talking about Jesus Christ. We must decrease. How do we decrease? We learn, we study about Jesus Christ. We allow his life to become our life. We allow everything Jesus to come into our hearts. That way, his will becomes our will. All right, you hear people uh, preaching about balance. There is no balance in the word of God. Either you are for him or you're against him. This is a key scripture, okay? Key scripture about imbalance, okay? He must increase. The scale is like this, always trying to keep things balanced. But the scale has to be like this I must decrease while he increases. So that means the scales is Jesus is stronger than me, and that way his life is better inside of me so that I can obey and work the works that God has for me to work. That's for every believer, every believer. We've got, we've got to do that. Matthew, is a strong scripture. Matthew 26, 50 to 56. And Jesus Jesus said unto him, friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid his hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew a sword and struck the servant, the high priest, and smote off his ear. Then Jesus said unto him, put again the sword. Put Again, thy sword in this place, for all they that take the sword shall perish by the sword; thinkest that thou that I cannot now pray the Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. but how then shall the scripture be fulfilled that thus must be in that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes. Are ye come out as against a thief with a sword and staves for to take me? I sat daily teaching in the temple. Ye laid no hands on me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. The disciples forsook him and fled. The reason why we read this scripture is here Jesus is looking at two things, spiritual and natural. Spiritual and natural. Peter took out that sword and cut off his ear. But the thing of it is, is that spiritual things cannot, or I'm sorry, natural things cannot overdo spiritual things. I'm telling you. Because in this, the spiritual natural, Jesus was spiritual. Jesus was the son of man and the son of God. But he proved the power that he had in verse 53. He says, thinketh that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. But he know the scriptures of the prophets were to be fulfilled. See, there's, there, there's this spiritual warfare out there. You need to know. We, we all need to follow Jesus. You know, lest we forget we're made of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. The thief desires to agitate and disrupt our soul. Your soul has parts also, and the, the thought process, your emotions, your body, all of this stuff can be affected by sin. Okay, that's your outward man. But understand, there is a spiritual man inside of you, rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. So that means under that power, that means your soul now has the power to fight off the enemy. If you submit to Jesus, uh, this is what happens in your submission and yielding. You understand, you read the word, the Holy Spirit comes, and he helps you understand the word. And that gives you power to fight off the enemy. Our souls as believers is fueled by our spirit, which is fed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. Look, again, you always hear me, when you want to know more about the power of the Holy Spirit and what he does, then you must go ahead and really deal with John chapter 14, 15, and 16. There you will begin to understand and know what the power of the Holy Spirit is and does and who he is because of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ. And it is important, okay, because it is the Holy Spirit. And we fight in the spiritual realm. And this is where this fight is. Again, we we realize it's not against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual warfare. And our souls has the power to fight off the enemy. But we fight against the enemy and not against each other. Not against each other. It is a spiritual battle. A spiritual fight. This is why we must be consistent, consistent in our prayer closet relationship with the Father. We have to be consistent because this is where we get everything. We read, we study, then we go pray, and then God speaks to our hearts. He has a desire to speak. The Holy Spirit will reveal things that we need to know, and we need to teach, and we need to use as weapons. Our vital key is we must submit to God. Okay? The grace, humility, submission, drawing nigh to God is the process that allows us to resist the devil. And he will lift us up and cause us to stand. Okay, spiritual warfare, you've got to be consistent in studying the word and praying, enjoying a relationship between you and the father. This is the power of prayer. This is the word. Okay, it is the word. It is powerful and sharper that any two-edged sword, the word of God is true and forever settled in heaven. It is our lifeline, the word from Revelations all the way to Genesis, from Genesis all the way to Revelations, the word of God, we've got to know it. You can't wait on other people to, to, to give it to you. You've got to get it. And even if they're giving it to you, you've got to go back and study it for yourself. It is powerful. The word of God is powerful. And you have to know it. Okay. There's a spiritual contrast in this thing. Spiritual warfare. And this is one of the contrasts. Revelations 3, 15 through 16. I know what you have done. That you are neither cold or hot. I wish you were cold or hot, but since you are lukewarm and not hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Check that out, okay? Jesus wants you to know either you're going to be hot for him or cold for him. Lukewarm. Lukewarm means compromising the word of God in your life. When you are lukewarm, He says, I will spit you out of my mouth. Either you're hot for him or you're cold for him. It's important. You need to know the word. Proverbs 28.2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear through, the people mourn. Check the contrast. Righteous people are in authority. People rejoice. But when the wicked are in authority, they mourn. We mourn. Proverbs 29 two, When the righteous men do rejoice, there's a great glory. But when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. Wow. Because see, you have to understand the spiritualness of what's happening. What's going on in your life? How are you conducting? Are you distracted? Have you been distracted? or you're always distracted. You have to understand, and Proverbs is one of the books that you can go to and and, and as business school, whatever it is, you can find your space. You can find. Okay, here we are. We're gonna, I'm just going to read just a couple. Proverbs 29 and 9. Uh, amplifies, if a wise man has controversy with a foolish and arrogant man, The foolish man ignores logic and fairness, only rages or laughs, and there is no peace, rest, agreement. Isn't that something? Verse 12. If a ruler pays attention to lies and encourages corruption, all his officials will become wicked. Verse 16. Out of that same chapter 29. When all the wicked are in authority, transgression increases. Think about that. What's going on today? When the wicked are in authority, transgression increases, but the righteous will see the downfall of the wicked. 22. An angry man stirs up strife, and a hot-tempered and undisciplined man commits many transgressions. 23. A man's pride and sense of self-importance will bring him down, but he who has a humble spirit will obtain honor. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. An unjust man is repulsive to the righteous, and he who is upright in the way of the Lord is repulsive to the wicked. So you see how how that works? Understand the power of of spiritual warfare. Understand the power of of, of the word of God, because you need to know the word of God so that you can stand firm, stand firm against whatever the enemy is. See, one of the things we have to understand in spiritual warfare, we have faith. And the Bible tells us we have the shield of faith that shall quench all the fiery darts. But what happens is, we have to work our faith. We have to work it. The just shall live by faith. God has given each and every one of us the measure of faith. We have to work that faith so that we have the ability, the power and authority to quench all these darts. Matthew 6, 21, verse 21 and verse 24. For where your treasure is, there your heart is, your wishes, your desires that on which your life centers will also be. That's Amplify. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. He who will be devoted to the one will despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, meaning money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. I want you to get it. I want These scriptures are very important when we start walking into the the, the warfare. You have to be prepared. You have to be prepared. You have to be prepared in the word by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Romans, Romans chapter 8, verses 4 through 9, this is the New Living Translation. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. That's a big S, the Spirit. But those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that pleases the Spirit. So let your sinful nature control your mind, it leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature will always be hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it will never. That is why those who still under the control of sinful nature can never please God. Verse nine. But you who are not controlled by the sinful nature, you're controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of God living in them do not belong to him at all. Hmm, that's powerful. Ephesians chapter four, verse 14. So that we are no longer children spiritually immature, tossed back and forth, like ships in a stormy sea, and carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine, by the cunning and trickery of unscrupulous men, by the deceitful scheming of people ready to do anything for personal profit. That's a big scripture. If, if you if you have if if you wrote the scripture down, put a star. And I want you to really hold on to that scripture because we do not need to be. Uh children tossed to and fro by every wind in doctrine anymore. When you start reading your word, you need to understand it. This is another powerful scripture. Verse uh Matthew 15, verse 13 through 16 is to amplify. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste or purpose, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything, but to be thrown and walked thrown out and walked on by people when they're in the walkways are wet and slippery you are the light of jesus christ to the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor does any light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds more excellent and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You are the light of the world, you and I because of the word of God, because of the light of Jesus Christ that is alive in each and every believer. You are alive. There's a fire. There's a light inside of you. You are the light of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is something that we must always, 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 understand and know because we have to understand that uh, the the enemy's coming he comes to kill steal and destroy here we're dealing with spiritual warfare there's you got your spirit and you've got your natural you got your spirit you got your carnal okay and you have to understand in this life right now today you want your spirit to be a lot stronger than your natural man because we sit and we look at TV, we look at all of this stuff, we bring all of this stuff in. But if we don't study the word, if you don't study the word, then what happens? This is what happens. Your spirit begins to get smaller and smaller, and then the natural you gets larger and larger so that it begins to overtake the power of what's inside of you that Jesus Christ has put in you. This is why we continue to sin as believers. This is why we do things that we ought not do because we have allowed the sin uh, to come in. We must understand this is why we pray. Let's, let's, let's go back to, to the power of prayer. Matthew 6, 6. And you always hear me talk about that because this scripture is powerful When it comes to prayer, because Jesus is letting us know. And this one statement, you will always hear me say, when Jesus tells us to do something, this means, number one, that he's already done it. Number two, and he's glorified God in it. So number three, whatever he tells us to do, we need to do it with our whole heart, our whole heart, meaning The spirit heart first, and then the spirit will draw the natural part to him. So we'll be there wholeheartedly to God in a relationship through the power of prayer. That's what wholeheartedly means. That means we're going to do things wholeheartedly. We're going to do it first in the spirit. That's how God draws us, and then we do it in the natural. God draws us. And so the the spirit of the Lord uh, heart captures all of our hearts, both the natural and the spiritual. And we have to understand that. One of the greatest things you must understand is as you study the word, you must study the word knowing that this word is alive. It is supernatural. It is spiritual. The word of God is spiritual. It's already settled in heaven. It is alive. Jesus Christ is alive. He is supernatural. He is spiritual. He is still alive, sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for you and I. Prayer is so vitally important in the life of every believer, every believer. So when you get to the time of prayer and you get into that closet and you spend time with God, you're you're, you're speaking Yes, but then when you're finished speaking, God wants to speak to you even about what you're speaking to Him about. You have something that's hurt you and you bring it to God. God wants to talk about that hurt. He wants to talk about that pain, but He wants to talk through it through the love He has for you, through the grace, through the mercy, all of that He has for you. Why not have a prayer life? Why not jump in to the heart of God? And the Holy Spirit helps you do that. This is why we need a prayer life. Every believer, as you're studying, you need the life of Jesus Christ alive in you. What better way is to spend time in God? Spend time, intimate relationship. You know, I I heard people talk about intimacy. It's like being intimate with your wife. It is not. It is not. That is carnal. That is natural. The love that God has for you is supernatural. It is spiritual. It cannot be touched by any man. It is supernatural. It is yours. God gives it to you in your spirit. So you have to enjoy the love of God. You have to know that you know that you know that God loves you unconditionally. See, we're still talking about warfare. We're talking about spiritual warfare, but we're, we're, we're being strengthened in our spirit so that we can fight the good fight of faith, so that we can lay hold to those things that God wants us to lay hold of, and that we have the power and authority to speak to a mountain. We have the power and authority. See, we you need to understand that spiritual authority, that supernatural authority, you have it. Jesus said, we have it but you have to know what you have. You have to know, you have to be in relationship with it. This is why, you know, sometimes we struggle. You have people who are teaching the word of God, but have no relationship in it. They're just teaching number one, because they've been asked and number two, because they can But you have to understand the word. You have to have that eternal internal relationship in the word so that you have the power by the Holy Spirit to teach the word. And when you teach the word in the beginning, in the middle, and at the end, everything has to be from the foundation of Jesus Christ. Everything, everything, everything. That's why it's so important that we have to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And what better way to sustain it, to grow it, to strengthen it, is by studying and reading the word and then taking what you study and taking it into prayer. Taking it into prayer, praying it, and then allowing the word to speak back to you. See, this is, this is one of the things why we spend time, why we should spend time listening. Because he speaks through his word. And when he speaks through his word, that means we now have the ability to apply his word to apply. See, when you go to prayer, there's an application when you're finished. There's an application. If you just go and pray and all you do is talk and then you get up, what have you done? You've just talked. But have you listened? Because God wants to talk to you about what you're talking to him about. He loves us. This Bible talks about how much he loves us, even though we fill this scripture out, but I want you to study it. John three sixteen. I want you to really study that John three sixteen. Just the first few uh 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 words of there is so powerful. It says, "For God so loved." You see, we need to. You need to look at that word. God so loved the world. He loved what He created. He loved deeply what he created. Even though sin came in to disrupt it and to destroy it, yet he still has love for you and I. He still has that deep love for you and I. You and I. You and I. You and I. Jesus Christ loves the Father. The Father loved him. And now he shares that love with us, that same love, that deep, sincere, we call it agape love. And you need to understand, like the Bible says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. The love of God is sealed in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you, love ye one another. You need to know how much Jesus loves you. What better way to know the love of Jesus Christ is getting into the power of prayer? We're still dealing with spiritual warfare, though, okay? Because remember, if your heart is designed to get into that relationship, the enemy is going to put every distraction he can to distract you from getting into the presence of God. You need to know that. And you need to know that through your obedience and your consistency and being purposeful, you can defeat that distraction. You can defeat that distraction and get into the presence of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it is up to you, but you have to understand your obedience will bring such a blessing while you're in the presence of God. Ah, Matthew 6, 6. And it lets us know we're praying to the father that is in secret. There's a secret place between you and the father that you can get in because the the father that sees you, hears you in secret, he sees you in secret, and then he begins to reward you openly. How does that happen? It, that happens is you begin to believe what he's saying and you begin to do what he's saying. And then, out of your obedience and application, he begins to reward you openly. Openly. Why? Because of your obedience, because of the desire that you have to spend time and to do what he tells you to do. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. And one of the greatest things, even in spiritual warfare, when God tells you to do something, then that means you have power and authority to do it. There's joy, there's peace, and there's love. There's everything you there you need to do and accomplish what he tells you to do. Plus, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. He's right there to help you do what you need to do against the wiles of the devil, against. And see, that, that allows you, that allows your faith The more you apply what God tells you, the stronger your faith becomes because you believe and trust in God. You believe and trust in Jesus. You believe and trust in his word. You're applying all of it. So that means every time you apply the shield of your faith, it gets stronger, 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 so that when the enemy begins to throw those fiery darts at you, you can quench all of those darts. Why? Because of your obedience and your relationship with the Father, your relationship with Jesus, and your relationship being led by the Holy Spirit. And your obedience is studying the word, getting in the word, knowing the word. It is important because when we have to fight the good fight of faith, when we have to begin to fight this warfare, it is important. That you know the word. You know, it's important. So, you know, again, we're gonna deal with this, but I've got a few minutes. I'm gonna read a scripture, and I want you to study this scripture because then I'll come back next week and we'll explain it. Second Corinthians chapter two, verses two through six. This is amplified. Second Corinthians chapter 10, 2 through 6. I ask that when I do come, I will not be driven to the boldness that I intended to show towards these few who regard us as if we walk according to the flesh, like men without the spirit. Verse three For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh, using weapons of man. You understand this now, you understand this. The weapon of our warfare are not physical. Weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments. And every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish every act of disobedience. Now, listen to this. When your own obedience as a church is complete. Think about that. I want you to, to to really deal with that, okay, until next Thursday. Because we're, we're waging war against, you know, war against our mind daily, evil thoughts, personal battlefield. That's what the enemy does. Guns, swords, any physical modern weapon, wealthy, power, fluency, and cleverness. Arguments, proud reasoning of men that oppose the truth, scientists, evolutionists, Philosophers, religionists, all men's teaching and speculations. This is part of the spiritual warfare that has come against us. You have to be aware of it. And then the other part is what we have, divine spiritual weapons. What is your divine spiritual weapon? Prayer, the word, listening, obedience. It is up to us to take the full control by the leading of the holy spirit you must make sure your obedience is in order first isn't that something we have to make sure that our obedience our obedience is first because we will have the power to destroy whatever the enemy puts up okay you have the power but it's going to take us obeying god Trusting God, studying his word, the power of prayer, and spiritual warfare. You know, I used to hear a whole lot of things. We've got generals, corporate. I don't know anything about that. All I know is that if I'm being led by the spirit and I allow the spirit to guide me every step of the way, then I can stand and speak to that mountain. And that mountain shall be removed and cast into the sea if I do not doubt in my heart. I don't know anything about a general, all of that stuff. All I know is the word of God is true and forever settled in heaven. For all you know, you should know the word of God and be able to speak the word of God and utilize your faith in doing so. And as you do that, you begin to grow and be strengthened. Listen, I will see you next Thursday, 2 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, listen, hit share, share with everybody, you know, because spiritual warfare is here every day. It's here when you wake up. It's here when you, through the day, it's here when you sleep, but the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God, Jesus Christ is in you every day. It gives you power and authority over spiritual warfare. Blessings. I will see you next Thursday, 2 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on Fishbowl Radio Network. Again, share it with everybody. Blessings. Love you much. Pray without ceasing.